Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You look good. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Small Business Digest Radio. My name is Don Mazzella, and I am your host for a program devoted to identifying strategies and suggestions to help small business managers increase profits, add sales, better manage cash flow, improve employee management, and streamline operations. Our guests are other entrepreneurs and experts offering their solutions to the problems and opportunities facing small business leaders. Our aim in each program is to provide one or two thought-provoking ideas or suggestions. So follow us on Twitter at hashtag 2SBDigest or at our website at www.smallbusinessdigest.net. I, I love that uh, opening music. This, again, this is Don Mazzella, and we have a, a very interesting guest on who's going to help us with sales. Uh, When I go through the various um, emails that we get about the program, one one thing sticks out. How do I get additional sales? Uh, But more importantly, how do I do it against the changing industry? Well, Scott Scott, uh, Koff is Senior Vice President of Sales for Avoya, and it talks about his success strategies in an area, uh, uh, travel agency, et cetera, which is supposedly uh, mo- moving downward. Scott, I hope I pronounced your name correctly, and welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much, Donald. It's a pleasure being here. And, yeah, that's that's fine. I always tell people it's a, it's a tough one to pronounce, so you can just call me Scott. <laughs> but how do you pronounce your last name? It's Kemp's. Kemp, okay. Just for, just for the future. Uh, we always ask um, <laughs> our uh, uh, our guests, the first question is always a little bit about themselves personally, their background, and how they came to be on this program in, in terms of the, their career. So, Scott, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm happy to, Donald. Again, I want to thank you for the opportunity, and I, I love the purpose of your program. I'm an entrepreneur at heart and have been an entrepreneur uh, many times throughout my career. And I'll just state that uh, I got started shortly after college in the real estate business and did that for about a year until a couple of friends of mine convinced me to do the backpack through Europe scenario. So I took three months' leave of absence and came back three and a half years later. So As you can tell, the travel bug definitely bit me and bit me hard, and I've been in the retail travel business ever since, and that's over 30 years. I've owned two different travel agencies and been a professional trainer and educator and speaker in the industry as well as working for other retail organizations. So my heart is in retail and travel. 
Well, that's pretty good. Where are you located now? Actually, I'm I'm based in San Diego, but uh, interestingly enough, I'm actually making this call from the lobby of the Fairmont San Francisco because I'm going to be taking a, a tour today with Adventures by Disney, one of the products that we offer through Avoya Travel, and uh, certainly apropos to be talking about the opportunities that, uh, that this business offers, and again the uh, the benefits of being uh, in the uh, in the travel industry. Well, it's uh, something I always wanted to do, but uh, I never got around to it. But uh, now, uh, the travel industry, while expanding, uh, there are certain areas that are kind of, kind of uh, standing still. One of them is travel agents, travel agents. But you have uh, hundreds of agents around the world, around the country, and you ha- have a successful formula. So I'm going to keep quiet and let you talk and let us tell us how it's done and what we can learn from it. Well, thank you, Donald. And, and you're right. It's an industry that in many ways people have the misconception that travel agencies are a dying breed or a dinosaur and are on their way out. And yet the, the, the opposite is actually the truth. What has been changing is the way in which travel agencies operate. And, of course, a lot of people think about travel agencies as – Uh, a retail location on Main Street that folks come into and purchase their airline tickets or purchase their cruises, tours, et cetera. And no doubt that has changed dramatically. The number of retail locations has dropped precipitously, and there is not nearly as many. So we're not maybe as front of mind. But the truth is, is the travel agents themselves have been growing and continuing to be a very important part of the the travel business, which is one of the largest uh, economies basically in the world. And our particular model, Avoya Travel, is a, a hybrid, so to speak, of the new way of doing business, which is online. And the latest surveys show that about 60 to 70 percent of all travel transactions start online. But the difference is, is that we are an online travel agency providing all the information and that data that someone might want when shopping for a cruise tour or resort. And yet we then connect them with a personal travel agent. Because at the end of the day, uh, a travel purchase decision, beyond just simple airfare or hotel, needs the human touch. It needs it from the standpoint of discerning in the information and also for just handling a lot of the details and answering a lot of the questions about which vacation option might be the best for a customer. So we take the best of both worlds with an online experience and yet the personal touch of a individual travel counselor. I just, uh, I just want you to keep on going. You're doing such a great job. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to prompt you with too many questions uh, because the people want to hear a guest, not me. Well, so, perfect. Uh, well, I, I'm happy to expand on that a little bit. The, the, uh, the model that we have, therefore, really in, has over 750 independent agencies. They run their own business. They're all entrepreneurs, and certainly uh, your program speaks to all of them. And, uh, and they are all trying to uh, build their business and find the best ways to build their business, offering what I think is uh, probably one of the most exciting and best products in the world, which is travel and vacations, cruises, tours, et cetera. The way that we do that is by really solving one of the primary problems that all entrepreneurs have. And 
you know, in, in our world today, again, you're right that there's a lot of people that have a misconception that travel agents don't even exist, uh, or if they do, maybe there's a, a little bit of uncertainty as to exactly what they offer. And the way that Avoya Travel goes to market is to try to solve one of the biggest problems that all entrepreneurs face. And, and one of the things that I've come to, to believe when it comes to running a business is that all entrepreneurs basically wear four hats, and they have to exchange those, those hats on a regular basis, even a daily basis. And the four hats are, first and foremost, you're an entrepreneur or business owner. So there's a certain amount of time and energy you have to put into looking at your numbers and just running the business uh, aspects of your operation. Another hat that you, you need to wear is whatever the trade is that you happen to be in. If you're an engineer, you're an engineering company, you'd be an, an engineer for a certain part of your day. Uh, in our business, you'd be a travel agent. In other words, you'd be counseling and uh, booking and doing all of the aspects of that particular trade. The next hat is the sales hat, and that, of course, is, is very important in any business that you've got to uh, obviously make a sale to be able to stay in business and continue to have revenue. And the fourth hat might be the most challenging one that exists today. And I think, again, this is not uh, an anomaly to the travel business, but it is a truth across all entrepreneurs, and that is the marketing hat. At the end of the day, you can be fabulous at what you do. You can run a good business, have a good handle on your business. You can even be really good at sales and know wonderful ways to build personal relationships. But if you can't get the phone to ring or someone to know that you exist, all those other three things become irrelevant. And our particular model basically allows agencies to take off the marketing hat, hand it to Avoya Travel. We do the marketing. Avoya Travel is a, is a company that does all the marketing, primarily online, and then we distribute leads out to our agencies. So it's a it really a suggestion not only not only in terms of a great opportunity within Avoya, but for any business out there to look for solutions to solve in particular that marketing side of the business, which although certainly a lot of people will say, oh, there's websites and you can go and uh, spend time you know, talking to people and out in the field. There's a hundred different ideas and books that you can find on marketing. But at the end of the day, they're, it's usually expensive or highly competitive or time-consuming. And so if you can find solutions to marketing to allow you to wear the other three hats more often, I think entrepreneurs will be a lot more successful. Uh, I, uh, I agree with you. But you summed it up beautifully. Um, but in effect... Uh, you generate the leads and feed them to your uh, p people. Um, what's the model? Do you receive a percentage of their sales? How does it work uh, on that basis? That's exactly right. The uh, The way that, that the uh, income works is that we are not a franchise. We actually are, again, a uh, a network in which a an agency can affiliate with us, and they again are independent businesses that do so, and they simply we keep a portion of the commission earned on that on that business. Interestingly enough, is that you know a lot of people don't even know how travel agencies are compensated. Uh, they're paid by the suppliers, uh, but interestingly, is that there's no additional fee for using a travel agent or a travel counselor, even if you were to book a product direct with that supplier. Uh, you, you're going to pay the exact same price or in many cases even more than if you go through a company like Avoya. And so the, the, the travel agency, again, in, in many ways has this misconception to overcome, and that comes down to, once again, marketing to get the message across that 
it's better to go through a retail agency to save uh, additional dollars than even going direct and that you get the personal touch along with that. And our model basically is set up to provide those leads. And yes, there is a portion of the commission which, which is retained by us. There's no upfront cost for those leads. And the, the way that those are distributed is actually through a patented program. We just received a patent on this program. It's just the only company in any industry that can distribute leads based on a productivity formula. And it's an algorithm that looks at not only their closing rate, but also their customer service ratings and uh, other factors of repeat business. So in other, in other words, uh if I, as an agent, close 10% of the business and someone else 7%, um, uh, um, uh, and I've got good customer feedback, I, I, I stand, I, I stand to get more leads than than the next person. Am I correct on that? Am I reading, hearing you correctly? Hmm. Well. We've we've just lost him. Let's hope he's going to call back. Uh, it's, it's always interesting. Um, my next question to him was was going to be, let's hope he's calling back. Uh, nothing worse in t- radio than dead air. But, but the reason we've invited Scott is because he has such a great re- reputation for for uh, not only. Um, uh, identifying people, but helping them um, grow as, as well. Um, but in the meantime, we're, we have our next guest lined up, so l- let's go to him. We've heard a lot these days about lead generation and lead conversion, and how, how do you uh, get your leads not to abandon you at the cash register. Well, we have someone today who's going to talk to us about it. Chris Lucas is Vice President of Marketing for Formstat, and he's he's going to talk about what they've learned and how we, can, we being small business people, can take advantage of what they've learned. But as usual, we asked Chris to tell us a little bit about himself personally Scott, are you back? I am Scott? back. I'm not sure what happened there. Um, well, that's a um, vagaries of. Um, uh, that's why we always recommend to be on the landline. But welcome. You, I was asking you a question, so I'll s- start and say uh, simply. Um, uh, when the when the travel agency went in, in, into uh, doldrums. One of the ways um, uh, people tried to uh, uh, stay in business was to charge a fee for their services. The travel agents tried to do. As uh, as the airlines and other people cut the commissions, they tried to get some more on the other side. Um, and I'm told that model didn't work too well, except at the very high end. <clears throat> but, uh, but your model is uh, the consumer doesn't pay the uh, 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 provider p- pays uh, the commission to keep people going, but but does it work? Um, uh, are there are there ways that uh, uh, 
agents can make money besides on the commission basis, and do you um, provide that inside your program? That's a great great question, Donald, and, and you're right. There was certainly a lot of changes that occurred in our industry, uh, not only post-9-11, but there was a, a big difference that I'll give you an example. Uh, up until about 15 years ago, um, about 78, 79% of all of the income made by travel agencies was from the sale of air tickets. And, of course, when the airlines basically stopped paying commissions, uh, the pundits that were out there were suggesting that all travel agencies would then go out of business and disappear. And in truth, the opposite occurred, and they, uh, they thrived, but they had to change their business model dramatically. And so today, uh, except for corporate agencies that do a lot of corporate business, and they do work on a fee structure, it works out fine for them. Uh, but for the most part, agencies that deal in leisure travel knew that they could not survive, obviously, selling a product that for the most part has now been uh, replaced by online services and the ability to book air online or directly, et cetera. And for the most part, air has become, uh, to a great extent, somewhat of a commodity that's relatively easy to purchase online. And so most travel agencies don't put a tremendous focus, again, unless they're in the corporate side of the business, on selling air tickets. So they needed to find a different way to earn income. And there's two ways, basically, that occurs, is either by selling products that have uh, the income opportunity built into it, which primarily leads to cruises, uh, escorted tours, and uh, resort packages, which certainly there is a huge uh, piece of billions of dollars of business that's available for that, that that have a good income source. Or occasionally they can do structured uh, programs that are customized. Like you say, those are primarily on the upper end, and certainly the fees are very well earned and and, uh, deserved. Uh, And there will be agencies, including some in our system, that would certainly charge for those kinds of services. But for products such as cruises, tours, escorted tours, resorts, there's no additional fee. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, they'll actually save money by going through a company like Avoya than even going direct. And they'll also get the discernment of someone who is a professional at looking at all of the information available to customers. Because one of the problems today is that the Internet, as wonderful as it is, provides extraordinary information and uh, to the point that folks can spend hours and hours and hours online doing a tremendous amount of research. They can find the price of everything, but they'll know the value of nothing when it's all said and done because all of these websites are going to look great. If you research cruises as an example, you're going to find that every cruise line's website looks incredible. The ships look beautiful. They all have fabulous food, fabulous entertainment. But the problem becomes is they're all, they all look so good that it's very difficult to understand what the differences are. And yet there are very specific differences. So having the discernment of someone who's professionally spending their time digging into the product and knowing the product makes a huge difference. And so the income opportunity is certainly there from the agency perspective. But the value from a consumer perspective is huge to not just simply purchase online, but to have the information online and then get the services of a travel professional at basically no fee uh, to help them make sure they have the vacation of their dreams. Um, I agree with you. Um, when I was um, uh, when I was doing what I did now, I had a travel agent. Um, and we had a warm personal relationship, and it was her knowledge oftentimes that saved us a lot of uh, um, uh, money. Um, knowing uh, 
a second-tier hotel, which was just as good as a first-tier hotel in the city, um, uh, was worth her weight in gold because you got the same services for less price. Um, do, uh, do you uh, emphasize this in, in your uh, efforts with um, uh, your, your agents to add that personal touch, so-called fam tours where they go and see stuff, et cetera? How do you deal with that? You're on one right now. I Absolutely, believe. and I, I am indeed. I'm I'm experiencing one of our products right now. But the uh, th- that's a really good question and and a very important one. And actually, our system is built on a very unique approach. As I mentioned earlier, we distribute the lead based on a patented program uh, that has to do with productivity. So again, the best folks are going to be uh, uh, handling the customers who call in. And the way that those are originally distributed is based on specialty. Uh, The truth of the matter is is that in today's world, uh, it is a very big world, and there are uh, thousands, if if not hundreds of thousands of choices in terms of products and destinations that are out there. As you can imagine, it would be very difficult for any travel expert, any travel professional, travel agent, to know everything about everything. There's no way they can know about all of the variances between every single cruise line that exists or every tour operator or even uh, destination info. Now, certainly they can research some, but for the most part, it's important that they have specialized knowledge um, around certain areas. So the, the lead distribution in our particular model with Avoya not only is based on productivity, but starts with specialization. So if someone is looking for a certain brand in terms of a a cruise or a certain brand in terms of a tour operator and or a certain destination, then we send that consumer to an agency that has expertise in that particular product. And that allows for, again, a a much higher level of customer service. It provides for uh, great uh, knowledge being shared and, again, it works very well in terms of offering up that level of personalization. You know, our, our particular business is built on three pillars, and, uh, and really all three of them make a big difference. The first pillar is technology, meaning that when you go to avoya.com, you're going to find all of the information that you're going to need as a consumer to research the type of vacation that you want. So part of that research process is fun and uh, consumers are used to doing that online, and so we want to offer them the, the, the pricing information, the inventory information, the various choices that are available out there, and that certainly is, is the, the first piece of our, of our pillars. The second pillar is value. As one of the largest sellers of travel, and this is why it's so important, I think, for any small business to try to find an organization to affiliate with. Because uh, at the end of the day, size matters. The truth is you're able to negotiate more, negotiate better, based on your size and based on the amount of volume you produce for certain suppliers. So because of that, we're able to negotiate offers that the, the typical agency or even on a direct channel cannot offer. And so we have value as really our second pillar. And the third pillar is to take those two things and add the personal touch. So that when a consumer comes to Avoya, they're not just going to be going to a call center. They're not going to be calling somebody different every time they call in. They're going to have a personal travel agent who's going to be looking after them, knows their needs, know what their family might be looking for on vacation, or that if it's a romantic getaway, or it's an anniversary trip or a birthday trip, all of those personal aspects will be taken into account. And that agency 
that agent will be taking care of the customer from the beginning to the end and then some and making sure it's a wonderful personalized adventure. Do you also do you also book the uh, the airline or is that um, uh, still mainly booked by the uh, uh, individual? Good question, and and we'll, we'll do basically what the consumer wants us to do, and and every consumer is a little different in what their needs and desires are. Uh, there, there are some companies, as in cruise lines and tour operators, that have air programs attached with their package. So, in other words, if you decide you want to do a 10-day tour in Italy uh, through a major tour operator, they, they can package that either with or without air, and their air prices are typically very competitive, and uh, the nice thing is, is that, that it's coordinated with the tour, and so transfers are usually included. And really, in most cases, you're not going to be paying significantly more for that air package. But as, uh, as you, you mentioned, in today's world, people are so comfortable booking their own air. They have point programs. They have loyalty programs. They might have other ways in which they book. But some people like to do their, the air themselves, so we'll handle the, the tour or the cruise portion or the resort portion, and the consumer will say, I'll take care of the air myself. So certainly it's within their purview, but if we want to, if they want the assistance, they want the help, our agencies certainly stand at the ready to uh, to help them with the air part of their transaction also. Well, let me ask you this question. Uh, I should also tell you that I used to write for Aviation Week, so um, I, I know uh, enough about uh, uh, the travel business to be dangerous, um, but uh, um, I, I, uh, I, I notice uh, getting a seat on an airplane today is uh, uh, is an adventure um, and with all the pricing, etc. But what always amazes me is when um, when I see people um, who have never um, who have never uh, flown before or who are novice. And how uh, 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 they come into uh, uh, an airplane almost uh, clueless, and oftentimes uh, get uh, the worst seats. But more importantly, uh, those bring with them all kinds of baggage. Do you have a program for new people uh, to kind of educate them, or uh, is that not part of what you think? Uh, an agency should do well i think you know again the, the beauty of having a personal travel agency is that they're going to they're going to work with you and determine kind of your level of expertise and your level of knowledge and background etc i think you, know, you hit on something very interesting there that that certainly my world over 30 years has been uh, has been a tremendous amount of travel and millions of miles in airlines and you know, it's funny when you get in the, the TSA line, you know from the minute you get in that line whether the person in front of you has ever been on an airplane before or in the last, you know, five years uh, in terms of how quickly and, and adept they are at either taking their shoes off or taking their laptop out or, or taking their jacket off, whatever the, the, the normal or that we can take for granted. And and, uh, and every once in a while you see people losing patience with people and you realize, that, oh, wait a minute, it's just their first time they've not done this. And, you know, certainly that carries all the way through to either the way that they book their air or their seat selection and all of those other pieces. So uh, so it is an important part of the overall travel experience, and our agency certainly will assist customers who need that kind of assistance and maybe don't do a tremendous amount of travel and need some help. So 
there's obviously a lot of uh, resources out there. You've got, you know, places like SeatGuru.com and others that can help with seat selection. And uh, but our our agency certainly will will help with that if we've got somebody who just has not done a tremendous amount of travel. And you know, even from the details of sometimes booking online again can be an easy an easy approach. But it's not something that has ever really taken off for either cruises or tours or resorts. And the reason it hasn't is there's just too many pieces involved. You know, we're all comfortable with booking our air and maybe a simple hotel room online. But when you start getting into a major purchase of you know, $5,000 plus and uh, you know, an entire week of your life, there's a lot more pieces to it. And there's a lot more information that you want to be able to gather about those trips. And, and again, that a professional agent can tell you about, including things like whether you need a visa and, and what the passport requirements are and all of those pieces, which if you don't have that taken care of, uh, sadly, you know, the trip might be a disaster in terms of not even being allowed into whatever country you were planning on visiting. So there's just a, a lot to it, and having that personal touch makes a huge difference. Well, it's, uh, 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 one final thought. Um, if you had to give uh, our audience almost uh, three out of uh, uh, three out of five our uh, owners and or presidents, what advice would you give give our audience uh, that you've learned over the years? Well, I think you know I'll, I'll fall back on the comment I made earlier about the four hats. There are four hats that we each wear uh, as business owners and. Uh, and again, the, the key is finding the balance as to not not an equal balance in terms of wearing all four hats equally each day, but to make sure that each hat is put on uh, to the right extent. And again, the, the, you know, the one hat of being an entrepreneur. Sometimes I've seen folks who, and I'll use the travel business as an example, that get in because they're really knowledgeable about travel. They've traveled the world. They've stayed everywhere. They've done. Uh, trips to to learn about certain products. So they have this fabulous knowledge about travel. They love being a travel agent, but they forget that they're actually in a business and they have to run a business and they've got to uh, look at the at what I call the scorecard. You know, which is the basic: did you make money and and are you making money and have you made decisions and looked at the reports to give you a, a good picture of your business. So you you have to wear that entrepreneur hat and even schedule it, even put it literally on the calendar or you know, twice a week or whatever the case might be in your case, to just focus on the business side of your business. Uh, the trade side, you know, whatever that trade side is, certainly it's where you want to spend a fair amount of your time and, uh, and to really know your trade well and to constantly be in a learning mode. I think that's certainly going to be the case in, in every trade. I know it is in ours. Things are changing constantly. You've got to be up on your trade. And then, of course, in my opinion, every business is in the sales business, and so and every person is. And so spending a certain amount of time each week studying sales, and, and if that's still a, a term that makes people squirm a little bit, then I'll just say people skills. You know, it still comes down to dealing with people, working with people, negotiating with people. All of those are what I consider sales skills but could also be called people skills. And really, again, needs a constant education, constant ability to go out and to learn a little bit more about how to build those personal relationships. And then, of course, the last hat, which is in some ways the most challenging of hats, is the marketing side, because a lot of people who get into travel or get into whatever business uh, are good at that business, but they don't realize that at the end of the day, they have to have a marketing plan and they have to have a marketing program. 
In most cases, I'll say that if you can find a third party, uh, an affiliation, a franchise, an organization that can help you with that particular one, that's going to be a huge advantage simply because it is so competitive from a marketing position out there to be able to make noise and get the consumer's attention. So those, those, that would be my advice is to just uh, write down the four hats, understand how much time you need to spend on each, and find resources and answers uh, for allowing you to spend more time doing the things that help you sell more and earn more income. Wow, that was terrific. Scott, if people want to re- reach you or your company, how did they do it? Well, thank, thank you, and a great, great question. Two, two things I would suggest. First of all, if they're just interested in a wonderful vacation opportunity and have had success as an entrepreneur and want to celebrate that, uh, go to avoya.com, and that's our retail site that's got all the information on vacations, cruises, tours, and resorts. And again, you'll be uh, you'll be put together with a great personal travel agent to take care of you. So avoya.com, A-V-O-Y-A, is where to find that. If you're interested in a business opportunity, of joining uh, Avoya and becoming one of our independent agencies, that would be joinavoya.com. And, again, that's going to go over some of the opportunities that are available with affiliation and getting into the business of selling travel. To reach me personally, it's uh, you can use my email, which is scott, S-C-O-T-T, dot, kept, and that's K-O, D as in Edward, D as in Peter, and F as in Frank. So scott.kept at avoya.com, A-V-O-Y-A.com. And I'm happy to answer uh, any and all emails that come my way and point you in the right direction or give some advice. But, uh, again, it's a, uh, it's great to be on the call with you today and really appreciate this opportunity, Donald. Happy to do it any time. Well, you are a great guest, and you gave us a lot of information. And, Scott, I want to thank you, and good luck. And enjoy the walking tour of San Francisco. Thank you. It'll be uh, truly an adventure. Thanks. Have a good day. Arnett, uh, um, we'll go back now to our first um, guest, which I think you'll find very interesting. Again, how to uh, uh, how to turn uh, leads into sales. We've heard a lot these days about lead generation and lead conversion, and how uh, how do you uh, get your leads not to abandon you at the cash register. Well, we have someone today who's going to talk to us about it. Chris Lucas is Vice President of Marketing for Formstat, and he's he's going to talk about what they've learned and how we, can, we being small business people, can take advantage of what they've learned. But as usual, we asked Chris to tell us a little bit about himself personally as we welcome him to the program. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, as you mentioned, I'm the VP of form, uh, VP of Marketing at Formstack. Um, so, Formstack is a online form provider. We allow small businesses, medium-sized businesses, to uh, help collect data. So, whether it's a lead or registration or survey data, we allow them to collect that information via online form, um, and we integrate with kind of third-party systems. And so, uh, I've been at Formstack for nine uh, years. We've been around for ten years as a company. So. Um, have been fortunate to grow up with the company, um, really started doing uh, the first bit of online marketing for them when we were just kind of uh, rolling out as a product 
uh, and have now developed a team of over, uh, I think we've got uh, 14, 15 people on a marketing team now, um, and we do everything kind of customer acquisition from uh, paid traffic, SEO, organic traffic, all of those kind of uh, lead drivers, and then we turn them into uh, customers. So I uh, have a lot of experience in, in um, developing marketing, online marketing programs, and then, uh, developing teams around kind of these online marketing programs. Well, how did how did you get get to uh, FarmStack? What what's some of your background? Yeah, so uh, I really it's funny. I had a, a PR background, so I was actually working in, in technology PR and was working with um, enterprise B two B customers and trying to get the story about you know kind of interesting new technologies in the business to business space and uh, had a background in PR and. Um, happened to meet the founder of Formstack, um, and we just kind of, our paths crossed, and we started talking about kind of what he was looking for and my next challenge, and uh, kind of one thing led to another. I ended up uh, taking on the job, and at the time, it was just kind of wearing a lot of different hats. I knew a bit of online marketing, knew uh, a lot about PR, I knew about uh, how do you gain interest from um, kind of an organic standpoint, and so that's kind of where we really started and taught myself a lot of the online marketing um, kind of process, PPC, advertising, banner advertising, SEO, kind of taught myself along the way. And I uh, was fortunate to very very quickly hire people who were way smarter than I was uh, to get the job done. You know, that seems to be a key, uh, <laughs> finding people who are smarter than you uh, to success. That's the best um, way to go. <laughs> Now, Chris, t- tell us a little bit about what you you found uh, about this whole area that could help our re- uh, um, our listeners. I want to say readers because we also have a online newsletter. But uh, t- tell us some of the things that you, you your team has learned over the years that can can help us. Yeah. So um, you know, more specifically, we kind of we we've done uh, very recently a kind of a conversion report, um, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the the lead capture report kind of talked about um, identifying top problems that marketers face when generating leads and how do we improve kind of lead quality and quantity, right? And I think one of the biggest things that we're kind of finding out is. Uh, really, as online marketers and as we're trying to drive better qualified leads to um, our website and to, um, you know, whether it's a online commerce business or just kind of um, product businesses, I think one of the things that, we're, uh, that we uncovered in this lead capture report is that um, really having goals that are aligned with um, the, the important metrics of the company are often where the initial breakdown is because you you have to have a, a good understanding of what is it that you're trying to accomplish in an online marketing standpoint, and that's going to d- determine kind of the big drivers of uh, of your KPIs. And so, if it's lead quality, how do you de- how do you define kind of uh, processes in your business that uh, get better leads, and maybe you have to have less leads? Or if it's lead quantity, if you're judged as a marketer on lead quantity, then how do you drive uh, more leads into the system, um, and maybe you can sacrifice a little bit of quality, but it's really having a good alignment uh, at the very start of what are the important metrics um, uh, for your for your online marketing efforts, and then how do you align campaigns around those things? Well, well give, give us some detail. You've you said said the process, but what are some of the things you look for 
and uh, in these various uh, areas. Yeah, well, so I think one of the things is if you're talking about kind of lead uh, quantity, uh, then it's it's understanding how do we find the traffic, the the channels that are uh, good for driving um, traffic, right? And so a lot of folks um, in our lead capture um, survey that we did, um, you know, they found that uh, a high volume of leads were coming through just their on-page conversions on their website. Twenty-four percent of their um, their best generating leads were uh, from a high volume leads was just clicking somebody clicking on their page. Um, email marketing was the kind of second uh, biggest with 18% uh, driving the volume, and then pay-per-click advertising was 17%. So it's understanding kind of what what are ways that we can drive traffic if we're looking again. If it's volume, then you know email marketing and pay-per-click from a um, paid standpoint probably because you can buy as much traffic as you want, right? When you're talking about PPC. Um, so it's finding and understanding those channels that work best for you um, when you're trying to drive a high volume of leads. And then when it's, it's driving a, a quality metric, um, it's understanding what are, the, what are the things on page that are going to make people either uh, kind of qualify them or disqualify themselves. And so um, it's really understanding what, what are the things that we can do via an online form or, or page copy that really speaks to that customer that we really want to target and then uh, disassociate those people that we don't want to target, right? <clears throat> I see that. Well, uh, going on, uh, knowing that, what are some of the tricks to, to getting people to the site, to getting them to give you your, the leads? What have you learned, oh, your team learned? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, from, from our perspective, it's, it's all about uh, really understanding what is the What's the messaging that you want to lead with? So um, we do a lot of uh, customer interviews and looking at the way that people use our software um, and then trying to match that messaging up with uh, our landing page copy, right? And so if it's somebody who, let's say, use higher education, we have a lot of higher education uh, customers, um, they really want to understand do, do we cut uh, down time on kind of building forms and uh, do we integrate with the systems that they integrate with? And so on our landing pages, we talk about those types of things. Um, if it's a small business for us that is really, you know, they most small businesses don't have a website um, or have a web team or a, a, a team of people that can uh, build their websites and build their online forms. And so they want to know how powerful is this? How easy, how easy uh, is it to use? And can I get in as a small business owner? Can I get in and build a form myself? And so that's the kind of copy that we talk to when we're talking to small businesses on that on that landing page, for instance. Um, and so we try to match that copy along with that landing page copy and speak very specifically to that easy to use or that powerful um, uh, kind of keyword or key messaging. So that's that's what we found is, is if you can identify kind of use cases for your product or what kind of buyer are you trying to. That's fascinating. Please continue. Give us some more of this type of information. That's what that's what we're all interested in. Yeah. Well, so so really, I mean, buyer uh, understanding the buyer is just really understanding who is your who is your key customer, right? And so that I think a lot of time marketers forget to kind of focus in on that because they focus in on what's important to them um, when really you should be focused in what are the um, what are the ways that your buyer um, are, is really going to use your product for? Um, you know, is 
it's kind of what what's their job to be done, and it, can you can your product or service get that job done for them? And if you can speak to that, I think that uh, often helps people kind of connect those two um, those two dots of I've got a product to sell, and I've got people that I know want to buy it, but I can't get them to do it. If you can find that what their what their job to be done is, and if you can speak to that job, um, and then from a marketing perspective, I think you can create really compelling uh, messaging and copy and ads and things like that that speak to that. Mm. It's just just so fast. It's just so fascinating what you're talking about. Well, what is the downside? Uh, uh, you know, I often get across. Like I just got an email across now that just said, "Well, uh, that's all well and good, but what are the downsides for, to some of these things that we're doing?" Well, I think from. Um when we're talking about driving lots of leads, I think some of the downside is probably um, a bit of the spray and pray method. Um, you know, obviously when we're trying to build audience, um, when we're trying to attract eyeballs, we just kind of assume that we can throw a bunch of stuff out there and uh, with a more um, – under, with a more knowledgeable buyer nowadays, um, I think I read research uh, a while back that said um, 60% of the buying process is done before somebody even hits your website. Um, so what you have is you have a more credible, more knowledgeable buyer. Um, and so there, you know, the days of a salesperson calling you up and saying, "Hey, I've got this widget. I'd love for you to check it out." And buyer saying, oh, that's awesome, tell me more about it, is, is really gone because what's happened now is that that power has transformed um, into the customer's hands. And so oftentimes when we're trying to drive quality or quantity of leads and eyeballs and things like that, we often do the spray and pray method, um, thinking that we can drive a lot of people to our website, but what we end up driving is, is the wrong kind of people to our website. Somebody who's interested in your product or your service um, has probably already done a ton of research and they understand the ins and outs of who you are, your competitor, and things like that. And so what you really have to do, and that's where I talk about uh, understanding the, the job to be done, if you can tie those things together, when you have a more informed buyer, you can create that sale in a, in a much easier way, in a much faster way. So the downside is, is really just uh, attracting the wrong people to your website and, and spending the um, – spending your valuable time on the wrong customer when if you narrow in on that targeting and get better kind of lead quality, you can uh, really hone in on who it is that you should be selling to. Well, um, is it better to uh, cast a wider net or a more focused net in terms um, of lead generation? Yeah, I, I think um, I think it, it, it again goes back to kind of aligning goals, right? If you're, if you're looking for kind of top of funnel leads and – um, if you're looking for, you want to just drive a bunch of people and you want to drive awareness, I think something like a contest is really good because you can drive a lot of eyeballs. Um, but if you have a good kind of process behind that, so you run a contest and you run uh, a contest to your website and you give away an iPad or something or a, uh, an Apple Watch, right? You're going to get mm -hmm. a ton of eyeballs. Um, but it's what do you do with those leads? How do you qualify those at the next step? And so... You can either do that in an online way. You can do that with a form, and you can ask some very qualified questions once you've got somebody in, um, or you can do it with a sales rep. It's kind of, you know, it kind of depends on what you have uh, at your disposal. Um, but I think that there's some, some great ways to drive real top-of-the-lead funnels um, and how you get more volume, right? Um, and then there's some programmatic ways in the back end to drive more quality. And so I think it's a it's it, it's aligning those goals, like I mentioned them very early on. What are your What are your key metrics? Where do you want to... Uh, how do you want those things to align? 
Um, top of the funnel, eyeballs, right? The more eyeballs we can get, the bottom of the funnel and the middle of the funnel, what is that buyer persona? How are we solving that problem? How do we get just those very qualified people at the door? Well, um, the the other the other question I have is on uh, a follow up. To me, you know, um, I always mention if you go to an average trade show and you hand out your card a hundred times, you'd be surprised if, if seven people will actually follow up. Do you do you try to kind of align the follow up with the lead generation? Oh yeah, definitely. I think. Um, you know, I think when we're talking about kind of lead follow-up, um, you know, it, it definitely aligns with um, that lead generation effort. A lot of we do a lot of content marketing. So in the in the lead capture report that I mentioned that we kind of uh, re- released earlier this year, uh, you know, content marketing is still um, still kind of underused. I think in our report, it was only 6.3 percent of the folks were using. Um, content marketing to drive uh, uh, new leads. And so I think what you can do is align. So if somebody's coming in on a piece of content that you created um, and they're reading that piece of content, I think you should generate some sort of follow-up activity, right? Hey, I saw that you downloaded our ebook, or have a sales rep call them. Hey, you know, Mark, I saw that you, uh, I saw that you read our ebook, and did you know this, this, and this? And you can kind of follow up based on the content of that, um, of that ebook. Now, if it's somebody clicking on your website, um, then you can have, or somebody leaves uh, uh, a contact me information or a contact more information uh, off your website, I think you can follow up with that person very specifically in a different way than somebody following up on content, right? So if somebody submits something, like at a trade show, on your website that says, I want more information, you should be following up almost instantaneously because they're asking you to reach out to them, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I think it depends on where they are in that process. If they're downloading some content and just kind of reading it, there's kind of a softer approach. If somebody says, I want more information, there should be a very direct approach and says, hey, what's that information? How do I follow up with you? How can I help solve your problem? Um, is this report available for us to read and for our audience to read? It is. Um, and I can – it's uh, formstack.com, and then it's a lead capture 2016 report, and I can um, – uh, share. We have a very specific link at formstack.com slash report slash lead dash capture 2016. Um, but I can definitely share that with you and you can post that on your site um, or uh, kind of however you communicate with with your uh, listeners. Okay, spell, spell out your, your what website again since this is very much an audio program. Yes, it's www.formstack.com. It's F. O R M S T A C K dot com. No, very, very important. Uh, we often get emails back from when, when uh, this is not um, uh, brought out. But um, let me ask you another uh, um, question while we're on it. Um, of all of the uh, of all of the ways that you've seen to generate leads, which way do you recommend uh, seems to work the most effectively? Yeah, um, you know, from from and again, I'll reference our our lead capture report. Um, the one that we saw the most was just kind of on site. Um, I think what we've seen as a business ourselves is uh, organic traffic. Obviously, um, organic traffic is the hardest um, to generate leads from. Um, but 
uh, it's it's taken us ten years as a company to build our brand and to build um, credible kind of public relations uh, articles and links and uh, content that we've created to drive uh, people back to our website. But I think that's often the best. Um, I think a lot of people want to use content marketing. They want to be uh, creators of content. And like I said, in our in our report, only 6.3% found that as a, uh, as a valuable way to drive leads. Um, <clears throat> but I think content marketing, a lot of people are doing it, but a lot of people are doing it wrong. They're, they look at it from a, how do I put some stuff out there and how do I... Um, uh, how do I put a bunch of content out there versus va- making some very actionable content, people that uh, making content that people actually want to use. Um, and I think that's the difference between people who do really good content marketing and drive really good leads off of content versus people who just say they do content marketing. Um, so I would say, you know, finding, uh, finding organic traffic, uh, finding really good content marketing, um, and then uh, I think a lot of people still underestimate the power of email marketing. Um, it was, uh, you know, from our respondents, respondents, 17% of the uh, of our customers were, or the people that we surveyed were, were using email marketing, and that was, um, it's still a huge driver for them. Um, I think a lot of people look at kind of these newer mediums, social, whatever, um, but email marketing is still a very powerful tool if you do it in the right way. So uh, those are probably three three things that I would focus on. Um, as we close up our, our visit, Chris, what if you had one thing you had to uh, t- tell our audience about uh, lead lead generation and, and changing? What would it be? Yeah, I think um, again, I go back to kind of the simplicity of what are what are the goals that you have for lead generation? Is it is it a volume? Um, is it quantity? Uh, how do you or is it quantity? Is it quality? Uh, how do you define those things as a marketer, as a business owner? Um, and then figuring out what are the ways that I can drive uh, different kind of quality of leads or quantity of leads. I think paid um, paid avenues are really good. You can buy traffic for cheap nowadays, but it's what's the quality of that traffic going to be? If you, uh, if you really want quantity, you have to invest time in organic uh, marketing and content marketing and social media and email marketing. And those things just take time. So I think it's understanding what are the what are the main drivers of my business, um, what are the ways that I want to drive new leads, um, and then understanding what are the ways that I can drive leads and what do I have time for. Um, so I think those are kind of the the often over. Everybody wants new leads, right? Um, but you kind of have to understand what is the strategy behind each uh, each way of generating leads, and then figuring out what do you what do you have the capacity for. Well, that's really terrific. Chris Lucas, thank you for being with us today. I know I learned a lot, and I hope our audience did as well. Thank you again. And come back right, again next you. year and, and tell us a little bit more after you had another year of experience. Though with 11 years already, it's still a lot. <laughs> thank you, Donald. I appreciate, uh, appreciate you having me on. No, I, we appreciate you. You came. Thank you again, and have a good day. All right, thank you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.